All right, Hebrews chapter 13, Janet did a great job two weeks ago covering uh, the first 13 or 14 verses of Hebrews 13. I want to read and starting, I want to read just um, uh, three verses, uh, 13 through 16. So let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, because of Jesus, let us offer a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. This is the sweet fruit of our lips. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Let's pray again. Father, we're just so grateful for the power that the Word of God has in the universe. Lord, it is written that all things are and hold together because of your Word and its power. You speak be, and it, it becomes be. <laughs> your word is that powerful. It is all powerful. And Lord, we want your word to work in us this morning. So grant us by your grace and by your anointing, come and make these words come alive to us. I pray you'd make them practical and personal and meaningful so that we can apply these words to our situation right now and for the rest of the days that we spend here on earth. So Lord, give us ears to hear. What is God, the Holy Spirit, really wanting to say to each of us today? And by faith, we believe we will hear your voice. We will know your direction, and in advance we say we will obey what you tell us. Blessed be your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm only going to look at, uh, at several of these verses that I've read, and Janet will bring the conclusion of this great book, this great book of Hebrews. I've so enjoyed this past year in studying this. She'll bring that next week. But look at the first word in verse 15. The very first word in verse 15 is therefore. Now, when this word is at the beginning of a verse, it always means that we need to have absorbed and grasped the previous verses in context for what comes after the word therefore. So let's look again at verses 13 and 14. We can see that Jesus, going to Jesus, is to be emphasized. And we need to be pursuing Jesus all throughout our everyday life. And we need to do it outside the camp of where we live. In other words, out in the workplace, in school, in a practical way, in HEB or in a marketplace 
What he's saying is everywhere outside the weekly camp gatherings at church, we are to be pursuing Jesus everywhere we go. And yes, we will at times find rejection just as Jesus did. You know, I have found that simply saying three words, you can tell a lot about a person. And you know what words those are? God bless you. Man, you can learn a lot about a person by how they respond to those three words. Some people really appreciate it. Well, God bless you too. I mean, they're so ready for that and they're so welcoming that. But on the other hand, there are others that don't appreciate that statement at all. And the word of God makes it very clear. There will be resistance. Jesus faced disgrace when he went outside the camp. I mean, we won't have someone look at us strange when we're in church, gathered together in a gathering. If we say, hey, God bless you, everyone will give it right back to us. But it's not the same situation when we're out in the world. People aren't ready to be blessed, and for sure they're not ready to be blessed and to give a blessing to someone else. But I think the Lord wants us to realize this world is not our permanent home. Our pursuit of God should increase within us to a greater understanding for how really temporary our life in this world really is. Friends, we live here in Waco, but the truth, Texas is not our home. Listen, I fly the Texas flag almost every day as much as David Stowall does. Not quite, though. But Texas is not our home. America is not our home. Let's look at it even bigger. Planet Earth is not our home. This life will only last a number of years, and we are living now for eternity. So we should be looking forward to a home yet to come. You know, I think it's unfortunate that we seem to have forgotten that while we're here on earth, we are only engaged to Jesus, our bridegroom. We are not yet married. For years, Janet and I pastored single adults in Israel, Christian believing adults. And whenever anyone would mention marriage, they would say, no, no, I'm married to Jesus. I'm married to Jesus. I, I don't have to worry about that. And I'd have to come back and say, no, I'm sorry, but you're really not married to Jesus. You're merely engaged to him. When he gets married, the whole universe is going to know about it, not just all your friends. We're really only engaged. And our, I'm just so grateful for our bridegroom. He's already paid the dowry price for his bride, and he's paid that with his blood. You and I, the entire bride of Christ, has been bought and paid for in full. 
and our marriage to Jesus will only take place later. So while we're here on earth, we, who are the bride of Christ, need to be preparing for this greatest marriage of all time. Now I want you to think about all the preparation that goes into planning for a wedding. Ah! Mark, wedding, uh, Mark Weibel's uh, youngest son, the last of his four children, got married just first part of the month. He said, man, they went through so much preparation. Well, we may need to scratch our memory a little bit, but there's a whole lot of preparation that goes into planning for a wedding. But in the process, the bride makes herself ready in countless ways preparing for that glorious day. Now, here's what lies in the future. I want to read from Revelation 19, verses 6 and 7. John writes, As I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, I'm reading Hebrews 19, 6 and 7, and as the sound of mighty thunderings. Man, can you imagine what these voices must have sounded like? And they're saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. What a declaration prior to the marriage supper of the Lamb. All of heaven, all of earth, all of the universe, all of creation. As a great multitude and the sound of many waters, a gazillion waterfalls, Niagara Falls everywhere. I mean, the sound is staggering. The sound was as mighty thunderings, and it all was in sync. Hallelujah. For the Lord our God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come. What a day that's going to be. But until then, we are merely engaged. We are in an engagement period prior to marriage. And since earth is not our home, I love how the writer here in the book of Hebrews is reminding us. But in the midst of reminding, he's also commanding us to offer praise to God continually, no matter the circumstance, and especially when it's a sacrifice, as Ava had shared also. When it's a sacrifice, for believers, it's a relatively easy thing for us to have an attitude of thanksgiving when things are going well or blessing abounds. But how easy is it when things are not going as planned or desired? What if things really go wrong? That's when offering praise and thanksgiving to God goes against the grain of our old Adamic nature. That's when it's hard to offer verbal praise to God and confess out loud his greatness. 
That's when praise is a sacrifice, not a convenience. And the writer to the book of Hebrews tells us that in those situations, those hard, difficult, trying situations, praising God is the sweetest thing that can come from our lips. It's the sweetest that God could hear. So he talks about the sacrifice of praise. Well, what is a sacrifice? Well, I like the dictionary. I looked at the American Heritage English Dictionary, and it says, sacrifice is defined as an act of slaughtering an animal or person or surrendering a possession as an offering to God or to a supernatural figure. That's the first part of the definition. Second part, it is an animal, a person, or an object offered in a sacrifice. And then the third definition, it's the act of giving up something valued for the sake of someone regarded as more important or worthy. So why is praising God a sacrifice? Well, the Greek word sacrifice, thusia, it comes from the root Greek word thuo, which is a verb that means to kill or slaughter for a purpose. So in a real way, praise often requires us to kill something our pride, our fear, our laziness, anything that threatens to diminish or interfere with our worship of the Lord. God wants that slain so that we can have a freedom to offer praise, worship, and sacrifice and thanksgiving to him. Now, we also discover here the basis of all of our praise is the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is by him and in him and with him and to him and for him that we offer our sacrifice of praise to God. And I like how King David writes it in Psalm 54, verse 6, when he says, I will sacrifice a voluntarily a voluntary offering to you O lord i will praise your name O my god for it is good the late son of david wilkerson is a fellow by the name of gary wilkerson and Gary uh, is continuing his dad's ministry uh, with um, teen, uh, one challenge, uh, World Challenge. And I read this recently of something that Gary Wilkerson had written about this subject of the sacrifice of praise. And I liked it so much, I want to share it with you. Here's what Gary Wilkerson wrote. Will you continue to trust God even if he doesn't give you the object of your desire? When others don't give you the credit that you're due, will you still offer gratitude to him? 
when you feel defeated by mounting debts or a strained family relationship or even personal physical weakness, will you still sing his praises? Now, some may hear this and say, it seems cruel to have to praise God when I am at my lowest. Gary Wilkerson goes on, friend, Jesus is continually at work for you, especially when you are at your lowest point. He is worthy of praise no matter what your emotional state because his all-encompassing love is your only steady foundation. As you praise him and worship him for who he is, not where you are, but for who he is, almighty God creator, you will begin to find healing for your wounds. So rest in his words to you. Any trauma that you have endured is resolved completely in the person of Jesus. No matter what you face, by his stripes, you are healed. That is your praise. So speak it to him. Sing it to him, pray it to him, and experience a deeper measure of God's healing love. Wow. I want to say thank you, Gary Wilkerson. That is so good. Well, lastly, in this short message today, I want us to look back at verse 16. That was all on verse 15. Now that now. Let's move to 16. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Personally, I'm just so grateful for what Highland has been doing for the neighborhood around the church campus during this shelter in place uh, ever since the order came about. It's amazing, over 160 cars line up in a straight line. Of course, it looks like a snake going through the parking lot. 160 cars, sometimes more, line up to receive necessary food and household items that have been bought and donated from our Highland family for needy people in the community. What an act of caring kindness. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew 5, 16. Personally, I've been so blessed in our particular neighborhood that a couple just two doors down, a sweet Catholic couple uh, that at times could use some um, sanctification, like we all, like all of us, but they're so sweet. They have a farmer friend up in China Spring that has got about a hundred or so chickens that lay lots of eggs. And that farmer has given this woman the entrusting 
of about 30 dozen eggs a week. And she has different friends that she distributes them to. But I'm so grateful that as a neighbor, one day she said, Reuben, are you guys, do you guys eat eggs? We said, oh, sure we do. She goes, how about range-free eggs, where they are able to roam without getting the steroids and all the things that, that the other ones do? And I went, even more so. The yolk of those eggs are so yellow, it, it blinds my eyes. No, I'm just kidding. But it was so wonderful that she has said, here, let me make these available. And Janet and I have been able to be a blessing to people up and down the street. I remember one day we, we were over at the David and Rosemary's porch. David came to the door, and I had a couple of dozen eggs with me. And wouldn't you know it, one of the ladies that had followed me, that are, lives right in the middle between David and, and, and the Ross home, she followed me when she saw me walking toward David's. She walked up the stairs, and she's right there the first time that she met David. And she says, oh, and here's a few dollars that you can give to the farmer to pay for the chicken feed. I mean, we're seeing so many good, simple little items of caring for one another, of uh, considering those in need. And the scripture tells us these are sacrifices that please God. So I want to encourage you this morning to be aware of ways in which you can serve your neighbors. I mean, we're not all getting in and around and out a lot, but when we go for a little walk, uh, look for a way in which we can be a blessing to someone else. We have some neighbors sometimes that leave their garbage cans out in the street for one or two days. Sometimes I just feel, well, I don't like to see it out on the street. I'm gonna walk their garbage can back on up their driveway. I mean, that's not a big deal. But look for different kinds of ways that we can be a blessing wherever we are. Don't forget to do good and to share with those that are in need. So in closing this morning, according to these verses 15 and 16, let's remember God is pleased by our sacrifice of praise to him. He's pleased by our good works. And he's pleased by sharing what we have with those around us. So I want to close in prayer for what we've looked at today. Father, this has been a simple and actually a relatively short word. But Lord, if you can drive home the truth of this word into our hearts, maybe it could make a difference. We want to be people that when we're in tough times, there are sweet things coming from our lips rather than grumbling, rather than complaining. Lord, that's, that's just what they did in the wilderness. Lord, we, you brought us out of the wilderness and into the land of promise. I pray that we would be a people that demonstrate your goodness to all those around us. Even in difficult times, we would, we would be people that would be happy, would be blessed, would be content, would be helpful, would be caring. Jesus, you made it so clear. Let your light, let the things that you do without saying a word, light doesn't talk. That as our light is shining, 
before men and women. They might see our good works and end up at some time, some way, in God's plan, glorifying the Father who is in heaven. So, Lord, we want to thank you for another day you've given us, for another weekend of opportunity. Lord, I pray you'd remind us throughout this weekend to be interceding for our government, for all those in authority and wisdom. Lord, out of the 800 and some thousand law enforcement individuals that are here in the United States, Lord, there are going to be some that use excessive things. Not everyone is perfect. Not every police officer, not every military person is perfect. Not every, and we definitely know every politician isn't perfect. But Lord, we just really want to be in an attitude of prayer, an attitude of peace, and an attitude of praise and thanksgiving. So thank you now, Lord, for this day and what you want to accomplish in our lives as a result of allowing the word to work in us and through us to the glory of God. Amen.